So what I can say is that because of the success realized by the introduction of quality performance measures for pharmacy and the success that payers are seeing with regards to medication-related metrics, the path forward is very clear for payers with regards to true outcome-based measurement and understanding how pharmacy is fully designed and equipped to support these improvement initiatives. And the payer responses in the trend report exemplify this exact story. Responsibility for outcome measures, uh, it's growing within a health plan organization. And more importantly, the confidence that payers have in the pharmacy channel to deliver on quality in this space, it's growing exponentially. Welcome to the Pharmacy Quality Solutions Quality Corner Show, where we believe that quality measurement leads to better outcomes. Let us become your go-to source for all things related to quality and medication use in healthcare. We will hit on trending health topics as they relate to performance measurements and find common ground for payers and practitioners. We will discuss how the Equip platform can help you with your performance goals, and we will also make sure to keep you up to date on pharmacy quality news. So buckle up and put your thinking cap on. The Quality Corner Show starts now. Hello, Quality Corner Show listeners. This is your host, Nick Dorich, and we welcome you back to the Quality Corner Show. For this last episode of January 2021, we will be wrapping up our series on pharmacy services and opportunities. As part of this series, we have also focused on the 2020 PQS Trend Report and its finding for the expanded opportunities for pharmacist-provided services. In the first week, this included the patient or consumer perceptions, which we covered with Dr. Terry Warhalak. Last week, we reviewed the pharmacy readiness with Ann Burns from the American Pharmacist Association. And today's show, we'll be turning our attention to the payer challenges and opportunities from the trend report. This focus for today's episode is an important discussion because patients are typically inclined to utilize healthcare services which are covered by their insurance. For a health plan or insurer, they are innovating to ensure patients can get healthy, stay healthy, and can do so in a convenient and cost-effective manner. If that sounds complicated, well, that's because it is a complicated dance to figure out. I would now like to bring in our guest for today's episode, that being Emily Endress, who is PQS's Vice President of Client Services. Emily, welcome back to the Quality Corner Show. Thank you. Thank you. I am very happy to be back on your podcast, Nick. Emily, this is not your first rodeo on the podcast, and it is indeed great to have you back. However, we might have some listeners that have not been introduced to you previously. So do you mind giving us a quick background about your pharmacy experience and your role at PQS? Yeah, of course. And thank you, Nick, again for that warm introduction. I will say I am very, very excited to be back. So thank you kindly for having me. And I don't mind sharing at all. My background is really rooted in community pharmacy. I spent many of my early career years working for a chain pharmacy in a wide variety of roles from behind the counter to front end management. And as time progressed, I was fortunate enough to be presented with a managed care role for a really large PSAO had the opportunity to dive into managed care contracting and the operations of independent and regional chain pharmacies. In 2016, I joined the PQS team on the managed care side and have been working with our payer partners here ever since. Um, And currently, my role here at PQS 
is to help health plans and pharmacies work together and find innovative and collaborative ways to achieve patient health outcomes through the foundation of continuous quality improvement as facilitated by quality measurement. And Nick, I'll be the first to say, it has been genuinely exhilarating to see all the progress that we as an industry have made to prove that the pharmacy channel is an effective and efficient means to improving patient care. It's really great stuff. And I'm very enthusiastic about that and about continuing the work of helping really both sides of the fence, the payers and pharmacies work together and create more opportunities to take just really great care of people or patients. Yeah, that's the biggest and best thing we can do, Emily. It's to help people, help the patients that are coming into the pharmacy. And again, I do thank you for that introduction. And before we jump into the questions for today's show and for our content, I want to give a quick overview of what comes next. There are going to be three questions that I have written down for you and I to explore. I'll go down the list and ask the first question. Emily, you're going to respond, and then we may have some back and forth to summarize the key points. We're going to then repeat that process for the second and third questions, which will wrap up our primary content for this recording. When we do get to the end, we'll have an exciting closing and summary. And now that we have described the process, let's go ahead and jump into question one. So with the PQS 2020 trend report, in prior episodes and for this introduction, we covered the intent of the report. And today's focus is going to be the third section of that report, looking at payer challenges and opportunities with performance improvement. By performance improvement, we mean quality measures that are used in healthcare contracts and quality improvement initiatives. For pharmacy, quality measures are still a relatively new topic, something that's only been seen really in the last less than 10 years, in fact. But for health plans, we're talking about almost 30 years of working with quality measures. Emily, before we get into some specific questions, can you give us your bullet points on the main findings from the payer section of the trend report? Yeah, absolutely, Nick. And I'll just start by saying that if you haven't had a chance yet to download and read the second annual uh, PQS trend report, I highly recommend doing so. You'll find the report on the pharmacyquality.com site. And even if you just want to learn more about the report without reading the entire publication, definitely have a listen to the previous podcast episodes that cover the consumer and pharmacy responses. And that's going to be just extremely helpful and give a really great foundation for the report as a whole. Now, uh, with that said, and without further ado, Nick, the key findings from the payer responses are quite telling and I think can be summarized by these three discoveries. And the first one, the majority of payer respondents indicated their value-based programs were either successful or very successful in both 2019 and in 2020. Now, what's interesting here is this percentage actually grew from 74% saying, yes, it was successful in 2019, to 81% saying that it was greatly successful in 2020. And that's fantastic to learn. And what pharmacies can really take away from this survey response is that this quality improvement strategy from a health plan, it's working, and it will continue to be a part of managed care efforts, and that most importantly, the pharmacy channel is having great success in proving results. Now, second, what is perhaps most interesting in the 2020 trend report are the responses provided from payers regarding outcomes-based measurement. Most notably, a difference in the 2020 report compared to the 2019 report 
was that 54% of payer respondents in the second year indicated that they are responsible for outcome measures compared to only 29% of respondents in 2019. What does this mean? This means that more accountability for patient-level outcomes is crossing more departments within health plan organizations, and that strategies to increase performance for outcome-related quality measures are becoming more prevalent. This is really imperative for pharmacies to absorb and understand, and perhaps a little later, we can dive into this point a little bit further. It's uh, very passionate for me here. So the third main highlight is coordinated uh, with the, the second highlight, and that's the increased responsibility for outcome-based measurement, as I mentioned. And when surveyed about which measures payers believe are most impactful by the pharmacy channel, here's the top five list. Number one, annual flu vaccine. Number two, medication adherence for hypertension or the RAS antagonist. Number three, medication adherence for cholesterol or statin. Four, diabetes care, which is blood sugar controlled or controlling A1C. And number five, controlling blood pressure. Now, these responses indicate that we can move the conversation beyond adherence. And when we have access to even more data, and let's think medical claims, lab claims data, pharmacy can really start to understand the patient more holistically and drive better outcomes. Now, how exciting is that? And we find this to be a really good indicator of what the evolution of value-based contracting for pharmacies may look like in the future. Before we move on to question two, Emily, I do have a follow-up or response, and it's going to be related to your third main insight that was stated. Annual flu vaccine, medication adherence for hypertension, medication adherence for cholesterol, diabetes care, and controlling blood pressure. I'll note that two of those are measures that are in the Medicare Part D star ratings. Now, for the listeners, for the pharmacists, they may hear annual flu vaccine, diabetes care, controlling blood pressure, and think, hey, that's not in the, the Part D star ratings, and that's correct. But they so these measures may be included with CMS and some of the other programs or star ratings for other parts of Medicare. Uh, do you mind giving us a quick identification or your thoughts on why those measures are important to health plans and why they've identified them as areas where there can be some ad additional impact by the pharmacy channel? Yeah, and that's a really great question. I appreciate you asking that, Nick. You're right. Some of these are like adherence for hypertension and cholesterol are directly related to the STARS quality program, right? But all of those measures in some way, shape, or form are related to additional CMS quality uh, performance initiatives, whether it's on a Part C side or through a CAP survey, pharmacies can be really important in improving those measures. So we don't need to focus just solely on Part D, and that's where I think payers and their responses to that survey question, those lines are starting to be blurred within healthcare organizations to say, hey, you know, it, it behooves us to not only focus on Part D stars, but we can focus across the continuum um, as a Medicare Advantage plan and look to lean on pharmacies for several different buckets of accountability within a health plan organization. So absolutely, it's pretty neat to see these, some of the, the barriers being taken down and the, the access to these opportunities starting to open up in particular for pharmacy. Thank you, Emily, for that additional information. I'll now move us into our second question. And in the trend report, there were a series of questions on challenges 
but also success with performance improvement initiatives. And, and you mentioned some of that already in your primary points, but we'll, we'll dig a little bit further. This is a very interesting section because there's much that pharmacists and other pri- providers can take away from these responses. What does a path forward look like to help payers and patients improve care? And if you're a pharmacy, seeing and hearing these responses from, from payers, if you're a pharmacy organization, how do you find a way to fit a need and work with payers based on what's detailed here? Yeah, well, I'll first say I completely agree with you, Nick, that this is a really interesting section of the trend report. And the report highlights that there are some challenges that payers continue to face. And the one challenge that always sticks out and has consistently been the number one challenge for payers is the lack of ability to understand which quality improvement tactic is most effective. And I really like to compare this to a game of darts, right? You throw 10 darts at a wall, some stick, some give you some points, but hitting that bullseye is really tough. And the challenge then becomes throwing enough darts that you get enough points that you're really moving the quality improvement needle. And as I mentioned, one of the key takeaways from the trend report was that payers are reporting that this DART strategy is absolutely working. And the incorporation of community pharmacy more intimately in the improvement process and strategy has been a huge success. And these successes are not only being realized in the Medicare space and where we can easily see that progress and how it's been made really since 2015 with regards to medication-related STARS measures, but we're seeing in other lines of business, including commercial and absolutely in Medicaid as well, when pharmacies are presented with the appropriate data for their patients, they can move beyond dispensing and really into the realm of providing patient care that's unique to that specific patient and helps the patient with overall health and wellness outcomes. And I think Todd Sega spoke to this really well in the first part of the Trend Report podcast series. Across healthcare, we all speak a different language, even down to the fundamental notion of how we refer to people. Sometimes they're patients, they can be members. We even call them targets. At the end of the day, we are all talking about real people. And the opportunity for pharmacy in this scenario is to answer the payer challenge. What does improvement look like? How are you able to improve performance scores or the health and outcomes for a patient? And what are the interventions that you're using that are most successful for your patients? And it's truly being able to tell that story as a pharmacy and relay it to a health plan. It's crucial and hands down a differentiator. This has always been an interesting point to me. Pharmacists as medication experts, we often think of ourselves as these great communicators but who we're great communicating with is a key aspect. So we can help a patient with their counseling on medication, getting them adherent, but that doesn't necessarily mean we're able to have that same nuanced conversation with the payer because of some of those different languages that are that are being spoken, even though we're both trying to get the same thing achieved. Emily, I, I do wanna move us on to the third question as because it's gonna help us dig deeper into what are some of those language differences and how we can help to address that between a payer community and a pharmacy community that's ready, willing, and able to help improve patient care. When talking about quality measures with community pharmacies, when talking about quality measures with community pharmacists and opportunities to engage with payers, the focus to this point has almost exclusively been related to adherence measures. But just like all quality improvement programs, that is going to be subject to change, and we may be hitting that tipping point. 
are payers finding that pharmacies and pharmacists can engage with improvement for other quality measures? And I may be leading the witness here uh, with this additional question, but does that include considerations for pharmacist documented information and data about patient interventions? Yes, yes, and yes. Um, fair warning, this topic is where all my, my passion starts to take over, so I'll try and keep it reined in. But Nick, we have hit the tipping point. There are examples of outcome-based programs between payers and pharmacies today, and they're working. And perhaps we can save those details maybe for another podcast episode if you'll have me back. But what I can say is that because of the success realized by the introduction of quality performance measures for pharmacy and the success that payers are seeing with regards to medication-related metrics, the path forward is very clear for payers with regards to true outcome-based measurement and understanding how pharmacy is fully designed and equipped to support these improvement initiatives. And the payer responses in the trend report exemplify this exact story. Responsibility for outcome measures, uh, it's growing within a health plan organization, and more importantly, the confidence that payers have in the pharmacy channel to deliver on quality in this space, it's growing exponentially. And the idea of moving beyond adherence is not a theory. It's in practice today. And opportunities for pharmacies to engage with outcome-based strategies will absolutely spread more rapidly in the near future. But what's going to, I think, look a little different and unique about outcome-based arrangements will be the potential additional documentation requirements by health plans. Um, outcome measures are an amalgamation of lots of data, right? Medical data, lab data, pharmacy claims data. And all of these data sets exist in very different processing timelines. Take a step back and think about pharmacy claims. We live in a very real-time adjudication uh, world, right? Medical claims and lab claims, those are churning on a roughly 45 to 60 day lag time. That's a big difference. So as we can imagine, there are some gaps in information that we can fill in with pharmacy documentation about claim related details that may not be understood just yet at that point in time. So that's an opportunity. There's also an opportunity to document uh, really with regards to interventions as well. So understanding how pharmacies are interacting with patients, which tactics for education and disease state management are most effective, these will all play an important role in outcome-based measurement and subsequent programs. And that really speaks to being able to tell the story as we were talking about earlier. The opportunity for pharmacies to have access to lab data, to really dive in and understand what is metabolically occurring with their patient, it's huge. And it can lead to more productive, meaningful, and impactful conversations. And this is exactly what will help drive true outcomes for a patient and what will absolutely continue to play a key role in the evolution of um, value-based care and contracting. Thanks, Emily. The consideration I value the most in this aspect is that we are looking at outcomes-based measure, and these are longitudinal evaluations. There are very few things in healthcare where one intervention or one action fixes the problem. An example might be uh, when I was in my younger years and I broke my arm, had it set, got a cast on it. That's once that's done, that's effectively done. At that point, it's just pain management. But it's, it's very different when you're measuring something like blood pressure. Patient Joe Smith can come into the pharmacy, and I, as a pharmacist, can test their blood pressure on today, 
uh, on this single day. But if they come back next month, that doesn't necessarily mean that that patient's blood pressure has improved or has gotten worse. It's part of the care done by the provider to make sure that that is consistently improving and that the patient uh, is continuing on that spectrum of care. Emily, one question I'll ask of you uh, related to this topic and where it may be an opportunity for pharmacy. This survey was sent out earlier in the year when COVID was first really kicking off. And this may not be reflected uh, in this specific section of the survey. And there may be some aspects of it covered with the COVID section of the trend report. But as other healthcare providers have had to change and adjust because of COVID. Uh, other providers may be increasingly looked at for, for care. And does that create an opportunity, perhaps? And this may be your speculation. I understand that. But does that create more of an opportunity for health plans to work with other providers, such as pharmacists, for some of these routine lab screenings and biometric examples? Absolutely. Let's go back to that notion of finding a common language and being able to tell our story. I don't think that you'll find much argument in this statement that pharmacy has continued to show what they can do in crucial times. If we think about 2020 and moving here into 2021, we have put the weight of the world on our pharmacists to bring us back to some sense of normalcy of what we knew life to be like prior to February, March of 2020. And it's just one example of the great work that pharmacy can do to deliver on patient care. And it'll be very interesting to see how pharmacy continues to tell that story and, and what payers can glean from that story as well. And I think that will be a really key indicator on how we continue forward with additional opportunities, whether it is in the vaccination realm whether it's an outcomes-based measurement. And you're right, Nick, when we think about managing for outcomes, it's not a one and done at all. It's a very longitudinal uh, journey that you have to take with your patient. But who's better positioned to take that journey with the patient than, than the pharmacist or technician that is seeing this person on average 11 times a year? Pharmacy plays a really important role in that. And I think as we continue to level set on what that common language looks like tell our story, we'll, we'll start to see some, some change with that regard. That's the hope, definitely. Agreed. Well, thank you, Emily, for leading us through today's conversation and these considerations for what the future ahead looks like. I, I do want to note that in today's day and age, we are inundated, not just within healthcare, but generally, we are inundated with talk about data being king, and it's being the king in all facets of life. This is certainly the case in healthcare, and while that can be daunting at first, there's also a long-term benefit to building data into a pharmacy's operations and into a pharmacy's workflow. Going back to my days of working on patient cases and writing up soap notes, data for patients definitely falls into that objective section or the O in that soap note. So data has always been a part of healthcare. It's, it's not new, but it's becoming increasingly available and increasingly integrated in how we're caring for the patient. I remember those days wanting to have more information, more timely information, more and more actionable objective information on patients. So it's actually really exciting 
that we're now seeing that point in pharmacies getting more information. It's important to start understanding and utilizing this data now because additional data should keep coming to community pharmacy practice. Emily, you mentioned some of that as it relates to immunizations, as it relates to blood pressure and hemoglobin A1C, all these things that are really exciting. So we'll have more to go. And I do look forward to having you back, Emily, for future episodes where we can talk more about these new opportunities for pharmacy. But we're going to go ahead and close. I do have some final questions for us today. And Emily, I do want to ask you some fun questions for today's episode. I've got two for you, actually. One, what's your personal recommendation for pharmacies as they set or change their goals for 2021 related to improving their utilization of data? And then two, do you mind sharing one of your own personal goals for 2021 and describing how you're tracking it uh, with some form of your own data? Yeah, absolutely. And what a great timely question. Uh, And my answer would be this to the pharmacy goal. So we are approaching the final 2020 measurement period um, that will actually be displayed in the Equip dashboard. And this is gonna go live mid-February. And at that point, health plans and pharmacies will be able to understand what performance looks like for the entire 2020 calendar year. And this is a crucial measurement period for program evaluation for both the payers and pharmacies alike. Um, Now, with that said, I'll point to a very well-known adage. Past behavior is the best predictor of future behavior, and the same is true of success. I would ask to make it a goal. Really study your patients that did not meet the intentions of the scored quality measures. Use the data to understand who were the final outliers for 2020. How are you and your staff going to assist these patients in the best possible way during all of 2021? whether it's barriers to medication compliance or uh, whether those barriers were due to social determinants of health or changes in drug therapy, regardless of the situation, the tactic can really be standardized. Dive into the patient's medication history, understand why this patient's 2020 behavior prohibited them from succeeding in the measure, create a plan to help your patient get the right medication at the right time. Uh, Using that 2020 data can be a really great way to ensuring that 2021 is even more successful. So that's my pharmacy goal. You did ask about my personal goal, and I appreciate that, Nick. And I don't mind sharing with you and our listeners that my personal goal for 2021 may seem simple, but it is to read 10 books. And I'm going to track my progress uh, using this fancy hash mark method. I'm going to write on my whiteboard, the one that stares at me all day, every day in my office. And if you know me well, you know that I am not much of a reader. Uh, I am actually part of a book club, and I openly admit that I rarely finish the book, but I thoroughly enjoy the dinner and the company. So it's still a win, uh, but in 2021, I want to enjoy the entire experience, not just the food and company. I want to broaden my horizon, maybe be entertained by the whole book, and definitely learn as much as I can. So thanks for asking, and thanks for letting me share. Thanks, Emily. I, I do uh, hope and perhaps you know, want to clarify that the, these books are going to be rather lengthy books, not just some picture books, perhaps, but uh, some having a couple hundred pages, more likely the case, right? That's a good clarification. And you know what? I may adjust how I measure success. Uh, if I can count all of the children's books that I will read in 2021, I may blow that out of the water. So I, you've given me something to think about, Nick, and I appreciate that. 
Yeah, glad to glad to help with that consideration. Well, Emily, I again thank you for joining us on today's episode of the Quality Corner Show. Before we close, if someone wants to ask you a question about what we discussed today or about anything else related to quality, anything else related to pharmacies, related to working with payers, you shared at the beginning your vast experience. I know you have experience working with working with and for some of the largest pharmacy organizations and then working with individual pharmacies. And then the same thing on the payer side, you're used to working with some of the largest payers in the U.S. and working with some of the smaller health plans. So it seems like you've done it all. Somebody has a question for you. How can they contact you? Absolutely. I would love to hear from our listeners and I welcome any and all questions and feedback. Uh, You can head on over to the Pharmacy Quality Solutions website at pharmacyquality.com find me under the team section, click on the mail link under my picture and sincerely don't ever hesitate to reach out. And I really do hope to hear from you soon. Emily, thank you for that. And uh, at this point, we'll let you go so that you can get back to work or uh, get back to some of the book reading. I hope you hit your 10 uh, books for, (laughs) for this year as the goal. With that, we have now officially finished our content for today's episode. And Emily, again, thank you for your commitment to patient care and to pharmacy practice. This does also close our series for January 2021 on opportunities for pharmacist-provided services. We started off talking about updates to CMS's 2021 Medicare star ratings, and then we moved into patient, pharmacist, and payer perceptions about quality improvement initiatives. As pharmacists continue to work with other healthcare providers, payers and patients to be recognized as a healthcare provider for enhanced services. Capabilities to document and share data accordingly will be a key factor to the progression and success of such initiatives. While our show in 2021 will focus on various clinical categories, there will also remain a focus throughout the year on quality improvement and the various elements that impact quality measures. And you can rest assured that's gonna include more discussions on data. We'll be starting a new series in February. That's just next week. And we look forward to sharing our next couple of episodes with you. Until then, we have one final message from the PQS team. The Pharmacy Quality Solutions Quality Corner Show has a request for you. Our goal is to spread the word about how quality measurement can help improve health outcomes. And we need your help in sharing this podcast to friends and colleagues in the healthcare industry. We also want you to provide feedback ask us questions, and suggest health topics you'd like to see covered. If you are a health expert and you want to contribute to the show or even talk on the show, please contact us. You can email info at pharmacyquality.com. Let us know what is on your mind, what we can address, so that you are fully informed. We want you to be able to provide the best care for your patients and members, and we wish all of you listeners out there well.